0: probably are too. I'm Lindsay, I'm here with Teagan today, and we're here to talk nerdy to you. Um, So this episode, we've got uh, kind of a little bit of a change of pace. although i did watch the next episode of uh, mandalorian and could probably talk about that again oh yeah (laughs) um (laughs) i um we thought it would be fun to kind of like escape the humdrum that we're currently living with you know between the pandemic and Mm -hmm. the politics and anything else that we're possibly dealing with this time of year i mean for me there's stress at work there's stress with school, they're stressed with everything. It's uh, probably the end of semester for some people, among many other things. So we thought we would kind of escape that and kind of fantasize a little bit about um, theme parks and restaurants, what what we would want to see, uh, you know, in a perfect world where there's no licensing and other issues. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're going to get into that in just a little bit. But first, uh, Tegan's got uh, gaming corner to talk about.
1: Yes. So I had posted earlier this week um, that I was going to talk about companions that I feel are kind of underrated um, in a way. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that or companions really specifically in Dragon Age, because, I mean, if we're talking about all the games that I've played, I could really like go on and on and on with this. Um, but there's a few that I think are kind of undervalued as companions, not necessarily as characters themselves, but as, you know, their use uh in fighting. So my first one was uh the one that I talked about is Shale um a little bit on my post. Uh Shale is amazing. She is a golem who used to be a dwarf And, um, you know, she can kind of come off as really like kind of abrasive and, you know, just mean and just completely uncaring about anything. You know, she, you know, when you first talk to her, you know, she refers to your character as it, you know, and everybody's pretty much just it. They're just things to her. She doesn't really care that much, but, you know, she'll fight because she likes fighting. And, you know, especially if you bring her along on the Deep Roads quest, you kind of get to know her a little bit more. Um, she gets to meet her maker, Paragon Carradine, and he, you know, kind of gives her a little bit, uh, sheds a little light for her in regards to her background and that, yes, you were a dwarf and I, you know, helped put you into a golem body, that you volunteered for this. You were one of my first volunteers, I believe. And, you know, she was a fierce warrior from the Kadash uh, family and. It, yeah, she she kind of gets this insight into who she is and it it kind of starts breaking through her shell a little bit. And when you do her companion quest, you actually take her to Kadash Tighe, and you know, she gets a little peek on her own history and she's still like, you know, kind of this mean, grumpy, sassy kind of character, but she's kind of a uh, one of those that she actually cares. Underneath all the bluster, you know, in in the screenshot I shared, you know, she's like, okay, that's enough for all of this, you know, feelings and feel-good nonsense. Let's go ahead and get on with the mission, you know? Um, I feel like, though, like, as a general companion, she's kind of undervalued because she's not like any other warrior you know she doesn't have a an expansive move list or anything like that she's kind of limited in that but she is a wonderful tank I always take her when I fight the archdemon because she is my hard hitter and I mean really if you if you're going to fight a corrupted elder god I mean yeah take the golem she's going to punch him and it's going to be hilarious and yeah I mean she's just an obvious choice Um, But I mean, you have other warriors on your team, like Alistair and Sten, and they're a little bit more traditional warriors with, you know, actual weapons. So I I feel like she kind of gets shunted to the side a little bit. But I I really, you know, if anybody plays Origins and you don't take Shale out a whole lot, I really encourage you to take her out. She is fantastic, especially if you have Liliana or Zeverin on your team, too. Absolutely great banter. You will not regret taking them all out together. Uh, the second one uh, that I really personally love uh, is from Awakening, which is like the add-on to uh, Origins, like the little expansion DLC. Um, and that's Segrin. Um There's lots and lots of uh, companions that you can get and recruit through. Uh, awakening, like Anders and Nathaniel and Justice, but Sigrid is one of those I feel like people don't really talk about a whole lot or don't really acknowledge. And it's really a tragedy because she is such an interesting character. She she's part of the Legion of the Dead, which is this whole cast that fights Darkspawn constantly underneath the surface um, to kind of protect you know the rest of Dwarven society and the surface as well. And I, I mean that it's a really hardcore society like when you join it's almost like the night's watch because you're expected to die in battle pretty much because that's that's what's going to happen when you fight darkspawn for the rest of your life and i mean you actually end up having your own funeral when you go into the legion of the dead so you know it's kind of that mindset that you know legion of the dead is just like kind of this last stand that you know is taken against the darkspawn to kind of prevent them from completely taking over the deep roads But when you meet Sigrid, I mean, she's obviously a fierce little rogue that dual wields axes, but then she turns around and she's just this bubbly, cute, sweet little thing. And it's so unexpected, but it really works for her. I found myself taking her out with me so often just because I loved listening to her talk, listening to her banter. I loved, you know, watching her fight. It was so insanely cool to see her like that. And she's the only dual wielding rogue i've ever seen that actually chooses to dual wield axes instead of like, you know, swords or daggers which most dual wielding rogues tend to lean on, but she she does her own thing and she's cool with it. So Seagren, uh is definitely like up there on like some of my favorite companions. Um as far as Dragon Age 2 goes, i mean there's not like a plethora of companions to choose from, but i feel like one companion that is kind of Uh, dismissed as a companion companion is Meryl and partly I think because she's just like this naive little blood mage Um, but I mean really like blood mage is a really OP almost kind of uh, specialty and her skills and everything that she can do if you know you give her the chance to and if you you know utilize her perks correctly she can deal a lot of damage and it's it's insane to just watch her go and uh, watch all of these stats pop up with all this damage she's doing. It's like, okay, all right. I I get you. I see you. (laughs) You know, she, she's fantastic. And I I mean, I I know people like her like as a character, but I feel like as a companion, people tend to default towards Varric a lot. Uh, If you're, you know, wanting to do a mage, then Usually people will bring Anders, which makes sense because he is a healer. But I feel like people don't give Meryl enough of a run, and it's, it's kind of sad because she's fantastic. I definitely you need to take her out more. Um, and then in Inquisition, I have to say out of everybody, I feel like people don't utilize Cole, mainly because he kind of defaults to daggers. Um, you can equip him with a bow, but that's kind of what he goes with... To begin with is daggers and dual wielding daggers and in inquisition is a very kind of tricky class um you really have to get the right perks and you have to get the right armor um get the right stats on the armor and the jewelry and every like amulets and rings and things um to really bolster their not only their abilities but their health because you know rogues are pretty squishy um and if you don't kit them outright i mean they'll die really really quickly um especially if you're dual building you you're literally right in the middle of the action so you can just drop like like nothing but if you build him up correctly he is a monster he's almost as just as much of a tank as blackwall or cassandra are he's absolutely fantastic so you know just go ahead and look at that uh Look at the rogue tree and look at like critical hits. Look at uh, things like that. And when you choose uh, armor, um, I always like to go with a masterwork that adds guard on hit. So he's pretty much basically getting guard, which normally rogues would not get. But he's not only getting it, but he's building it up with each hit that he takes. So that's that's just an extra layer of protection on top of you know his actual armor and defense score. So yeah, so those are my whole list of like. The companions in Dragon Age that I feel are just kind of undervalued and underutilized as companions. And there we go. That's my gaming corner.
0: Awesome. Okay, so this episode, I, you know what? I listening to you talk about gaming, I ended up <laughs> uh, getting sidetracked and looked up stuff about Cyberpunk 2077, <laughs> as usual. Yeah. Um, just to just to look because you know I don't know if we talked about it recently that they had been. Delayed another twenty one days till December tenth.
1: Yeah, um, I, I think I'm pretty sure I mentioned that. And so, at <laughs> so least in a gaming like, corner post, if not an episode.
0: Uh, <laughs> and like I, I actually have a couple questions still. I uh, because there's so many platforms that they're going to try to be on all mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. Um, old gen, next gen, PC, yada yada, all the stuff. So. Is Cyberpunk 2077 a brand new game for everybody? Like, does everybody start with the same knowledge of it?
1: Uh, yeah, because, I mean, there, I believe Cyberpunk has, like, a tabletop kind of thing. It has, like, its own, like, um, fandom surrounding it. Um, okay. I don't really know, like, all the details with it because I'm not in that particular. Fandom, at My least brand. not yet. Like it's, but it's
0: ridiculous that I I want to be a part of this fandom. Like I'm,
1: I'm but I mean, stuff it,
0: about it, and I know nothing. So,
1: but I mean, it, it still all seems really cool, and I'm kind of interested. Although, um, I've already determined I'm not going to even try to get it like um, right out the gate. I want to yeah. wait at least a couple of weeks um, because just one of the facets of the character creation, like I it's been kind of like back and forth like at first it came out as one way and then there's been kind of some conflicting information about it and so I wanted to like wait because like if I go in there thinking one thing and then it doesn't turn out that way like I I think I could still play the game but I want time for that disappointment to settle in you know I want time to be able to process okay it's not that you know but oh, I can you're like
0: the ever pessimist my goodness yes oh, I know I know I love you but oh,
1: man <laughs> well it's just because they had had that thing where you know you could personalize like genitalia and like you know uh-huh. your body and things like that and so like I was excited because like I could make a body like based off of what you know I would like to be you know and it it seemed really really cool and really progressive but then I I heard that um it was tied to, it It would be locked into a certain body type. So like I couldn't have like a male chest with like female genitalia below the waist, you know? So like, which is what I would want to do. And so like, you know, obviously I play lots of games where, you know, I choose male, female, that's all I get. I don't get to really personalize it beyond that. So, you know, if I go in there thinking that it's like any other game that's one thing but if I go in there thinking like oh I can make a body that's exactly you know pretty much how I would want to present and then I can't it's like there's that level of disappointment that I don't want to completely ruin the experience so I I want that time to either confirm that or not and then to kind of decompress and like come to terms with it before I play it. If that makes sense. Right.
0: So you'll be researching that the minute it comes out.
1: Yes. Pretty much that will be, you know, kind of determine when I get it. Because if it turns sure. out th- that it is, um, that it will be like that, then I'll be like, okay, cool. You know, I'll go ahead and get yeah. it. But we'll then see, if we'll it's, thing. yeah, but then if it's not, I'll probably give it like a few weeks, maybe a month or so. And then like, okay, I'll get it now, you know,
0: to handle it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. Okay. So sorry for the sidetrack. I'm just like, uh, oh, it's okay. You know, um, all right so restaurants and or theme parks Mm -hmm. that we would want to see that we don't currently have because Mm -hmm. and to be fair i don't go to a lot of those Mm -hmm. um i don't necessarily feel the need to go to six flags for the looney tunes slash schtick that's Mm -hmm. going on there um And I obviously haven't been to Disney World since um, the Harry Potter Hogwarts stuff. Mm -hmm. Last time I was down in Florida, I was 12. So, you know, it's been a while. Um, But I do know that they have the Wizarding World down there. So Mm -hmm. that would be something that currently exists. And Mm -hmm. to be fair, we're probably going to mention something that in some way does sort of exist in some way shape or form because yeah. obviously we can't like imagine all the restaurants out there there's quite a few here in Milwaukee that are nerd themed oh that yeah have some kind of uh concept but also that have recently closed down like mm-hmm. Oak and Shield was amazing and they um had posted uh, you know like I blocked out the time because I was so devastated but they closed down their their store um their oh, yeah. restaurant and they had themed uh, drinks and themed food um, I don't know if 42 is still open or not, but same concept, same like nerdy board gaming. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of the same people were involved in, in those two, um, and Binary in West Dallas has gone through a few changes as well. I don't know what they're currently doing with the pandemic, and I don't. I'm afraid to find out because
1: yeah, I,
0: I want everyone to be responsible with how they're spending their time. Um, but right now, everybody's sensitive about what's going down. So oh yeah that being said um do you have ideas on like restaurants that you would want to see
1: yeah and like okay so this whole like idea kind of came to me because for whatever reason i was uh watching some stuff on like restaurants in like uh, specifically disney but also like in other like theme parks as well and it struck me how like you know how so many um of disney especially uh, places are themed in some way like they have you know different movies, different animated things. Um, they have like a whole like star Wars thing called galaxy's edge. Um, where like, you know, you can get like themed drinks and food, like all over the place. It's it, it was really cool. And so it got me to thinking like, you know, if we had like either a restaurant or maybe even a whole theme park, like, you know, what, what fandom would we want it to be for? And what, you know, what would we want to see there or experience there or, you know, it it just, just triggered something in me. So in a, in a good way. So like initially my first thought was restaurants because that was like mainly what, uh, what I was watching was all about was restaurants. But then like, I'm like, well, you know what? It it could be a theme. You know, you could have theme parks for different things too. Like depending on the fandom, you can make it work. Um, it, it just, you know, depends on, you know, the source material, like what all you might have to work with and, you know, what what you uh, might have to like, you know, downscale and like go with a restaurant for as opposed to like a full on theme park. You know what I mean?
0: Right. So tell me again about this Galaxy's Edge.
1: <laughs> oh, Galaxy's Edge. Um, It's it is kind of like the whole Wizarding World of Harry Potter, where it's it's a section of the park where um, it's just completely different. It's all Star Wars. Um, like even the staff that works there, they're they um are directed to act like they are in that universe. That like you know, okay, Disney World isn't a thing. That like you know they answer questions or they say greetings in like you know Star Wars typical style. They don't you know use like you know things that you know, you might see it other other portions of the park because it's basically like just stepping into a completely different place. Um, and they have all kinds of like little restaurants, little food stands, um, little things you can go and do. It, it, it looked really cool and a lot of fun. Um, but but yeah, that was kind of what what started all of this thinking for me was like, oh, you know, because they got that. They got Harry Potter's Wizarding World. They, they have, and I mean, really within disney itself they have so many other little um things in there like uh they have sections of the park where you know you can go and it's themed more like new orleans and so you have like you know more new orleans style staple food like cajun food and things like creole things like that it's at galaxy's
0: edge or no
1: i'm no i'm talking more about like in the park in general like there's all these little like sections like you can go and it's it's kind of just themed, you know, and Galaxy's Edge is just, like, one of them um, sure. that you can go and you... It's just themed like Star Wars there, you know, instead of being themed after, um, I don't know, like Princess and the Frog or, you know, the different yeah. princesses or something like that, you know?
0: It's kind of funny when I think about it because I... There are so many different science fiction shows and universes that I I feel like yes, that would be amazing to go there and I appreciate that Star Wars is a thing Mm -hmm. at Galaxy's Edge, right? Like, that's awesome. A fully immersive world like it would be with Wizarding World. Awesome. Like, I want to go as an adult, okay? Mm -hmm. Yesterday. Um, (laughs) But uh, so we just started watching The Expanse and the science that they used um, to explain um like being able to your your body being able to handle um five g's of gravity or more Mm -hmm. whatever it is to go into light speed that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. like it's not something that is um normally handled um when you're talking about uh space travel and stuff like that so it was really cool for that to be um addressed in the first couple of episodes i was i was kind of like floored Mm -hmm. at how um neat it is that they address it and you know, there's other things that I would want to have addressed in other universes as well. So I kind of feel like the sciencey nerd in me wants to mm-hmm. wants a, a place that talks about those and uh, really explores that realm. Um, but I'd also want, like, you know, the uh, I would I would want like a, a Firefly mm-hmm. verse, and I would want. Um, I would want all of them. Like, I would want Star Trek. A place to go where, Mm -hmm. you know, you could go on the bridge. And I know there is. Like, I know there's little places that you can, you know, find where they have, um, you know, set up at, like, Universal Studios or whatever.
1: Yeah. They actually. Yeah. And they actually did have the Star Trek experience in Vegas for a while. Um, I'm not sure. Exactly how long it was active, like what years? Um, I did get to go um, when I was oh. like seventeen. It was a lot of fun. My okay. parent, my parents asked me like, "What do you want to do for your senior trip?" And that was like my first thing, like the number one thing I want to do. Like I want to go to the Star Trek experience. Um, Because, I mean, what what 17-year-old says, I want to go to Vegas, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Like, you're not even 18, definitely not 21. Like, what what fun are you even looking to have? Yeah, you can't gamble or drink or anything like that. But, no, I wanted to just go to see the Star Trek experience, so that's what we did. Um, And I got to tell you, like, it was such a fun experience. They had... um, They had like a little shop, obviously, where you can buy things um, like merchandise and stuff like that. They had a little restaurant where you could order like Star Trek kind of themed foods, not necessarily things like from the movies or the series or anything like that. Although I think there were some like references to that, but also just like, you know, kind of fun themed kind of foods like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, kind of a play off of this or whatever um, but they also it was also kind of like a museum in a way because they had uh, all kinds of like memorabilia from sure. the shows and the movies and things like that they had people walking around dressed as Ferengi and Klingon um, and you could have your pictures <laughs> taken with that um, they had actually like a full size statue of a Gorn um, the creature that Kirk fought on uh, during the original series um, so that it was really cool to see and then they had like two little attractions um, one of them uh, was kind of uh, like a 3d like you sit in a seat and you get kind of like a 3d experience and then the other one um was i can't remember how they described it. it was it wasn't a roller coaster but like you're sitting in like a little like compartment and then like it like moves around and you get a screen to kind of like you know go off of it it, it was really cool they were they were different but it, it was a really fun thing to like you know do and experience there so honestly like hands down absolutely loved it would not you know trade that again for the world like if if you know if you went back and asked me again like oh where would you want to go for you know a trip like that i 100 percent, would go there again
0: you do it again
1: oh yeah oh yeah definitely
0: (laughs) well and that's great but like there's nothing like that right now is there
1: not as far as i know um there was like a little star trek memorabilia place set up in um in the mall of america that my husband and I went to once. Um, and we actually got our picture taken on the bridge there. Uh, so that was really cool. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, there's probably other places like set up like that, but I don't know of any like actual, like, you know, sure enough, legitimate, like full on attraction, right. you know, not just memorabilia like, and, would, and stuff. I want all
0: these places to be like fully immersive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. To be, um, I was thinking because you know i'm uh, i'm a marvel person so mm-hmm. i'm I'm like okay so i would want there to be like the wreckage of um the zocobia accords like i want yeah I want, I, and i i want to like i want there to be like a battle like i want to be someone who's observing that you know i
1: i mean or, that could be like a ride in a theme park you know like have something set up for like an avengers theme park and then like say different battles and stuff or like a different, are different attractions, different yeah, rides so and you stuff would, like that. See it from the ground. Yeah, like, like, when the building is dropping and stuff, and have it actually
0: like the real fight, Like oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Or or um, you know, and the restaurant could be like the the place, the, the house, the shawarma house to think. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it may be like different like, credit
0: like scene where they're just you know, yeah yeah and
1: then like how you yeah. can have like all different kinds of themed restaurants like surrounding like maybe mm-hmm. each of the individual avengers and stuff like that that would be so cool that that would yeah. be a lot of fun uh, when i was thinking of like my own places um i i pretty much wanted to stick to like gaming stuff because i didn't want to like step on your toes because i You know, because we share a lot of the same fandoms when it comes to, like, you you know, media. So, I'm like, I'll stick to my gaming stuff. Because um, there's a couple of things. uh, If I did Fallout, uh, it might be cheating a little bit. Because in game there is, uh, uh, or in Fallout 4, there is a DLC called Nuka World. And, you know, you go to a theme park that was themed around Nuka-Cola. And... You know, you, you know, so it has basically, you know, the whole gimmick that you can kind of build off of for that. But I think it would be more fun to have um, a theme park that takes the elements from all of the Fallout games. So, like, maybe one section... The kind of like how Disney has the different sections, like I was talking about earlier. You could have one section that's more the Commonwealth from Fallout 4, then you could have the Capital Wasteland from Fallout 3, and you could have uh, the Mojave from uh, New Vegas, and you can have the areas from like Fallout 1 and 2 in there, and you know, just have different themes based off of that. You know, different restaurants, different rides. You know, like the fight for um, the Jefferson Memorial from Fallout 3. Um, you could have a big old replica of Liberty prime that would be so fantastic because that's like my favorite escort missions and fallout three and four like honestly the best (laughs) most easiest escort mission ever is just oh just walk beside this huge robot that has lasers and mini nukes you know usually usually escort missions you're trying to keep people alive in this one it's just oh we'll just walk beside it as it you know wrecks everything around it So, yeah, I'd I definitely like to have, you know, my picture taken at, like, you know, with Liberty Prime. That would be so awesome. So, well, and
0: on the flip side of the Marvel thing, too, you could also do mm-hmm. Gotham, I mean. Oh, yeah. Or uh, Metropolis or whatever. Like, there's... I I am, like, all about the... I've, I've literally always been about, you know, wanting to be someone who is... uh in the Arkham Asylum or something Mm -hmm. to, to, you know, do a photo shoot like that or a cosplay like that where you're not a main character, but you're someone who, I know I've talked about this with you before, Mm -hmm. you know, being, being one of the the underlings. Yeah. And how cool it would be to like create your own character and all of that. So it's literally something I'm always obsessed with. And I can see doing something like this with every single fandom ever Mm -hmm. Um, including, you know, uh, Gotham City, and, mm-hmm. uh, and so I, I just always think of, like, what those underlings would look like. And yeah. And in, in, even, you know, science fiction wise, you can you can go back to the, the 50s and the 60s with the bubble helmets and the ray guns mm-hmm. and stuff. I mean, there could be a park where it is just, like, compartmentalized as to what science fiction world you're entering, you mm-hmm. know? So... I mean, Tomorrowland is obviously not tomorrow. It's it's different than yeah. what I would be. I call it something else. Clearly, but, <laughs> yeah. Um, the idea of like the future being the you know the bubble helmets and the ray guns mm-hmm. and stuff like that, or having you know a, a Star Trek esque costume where it's um, just a little different, or mm-hmm. you know the the theming and the compartmentalization would be where the the registered rights and stuff show up like.
1: oh yeah yeah um because <laughs> kind but of I... no go ahead <laughs> <laughs> well I mean kind of piggybacking off of that I mean that was kind of um I had a thought to like base something around Mass Effect too, because I mean with all of the different battles with all of the different places I mean that's really ideal for a theme park i mean i can think of at least like five roller coasters based off of you know shepherds uh shenanigans and you know even like having like little food stands around little like um areas and things like that you could have like like a club that kind of emulates omega and then you could have a really nice fancier restaurant that's more like ilium and then you could have uh you you could have all kinds of little things you can incorporate andromeda too and have like um things that are like Aya, maybe a little section on like Vold or, you know, something like that. It, it I don't know. There's so many possibilities, especially when you bring up like uh, a, a fandom like that where you have so much canon material to draw from, you know, as opposed to like maybe like a movie or two, you know, or maybe a book, you know, it, it right. seems like so much more expansive to draw off of something that already has so much already like written and available in canon like so many you know things you could kind of base like a ride or a food you know even something as simple as a food stand off of you know Mm
0: -hmm. well there's so there's there's so many fandoms that are so very detailed in in what they um what they bring to the table what they what they have to draw from that Mm -hmm. it would be really just uh, even like looking at cyberpunk right now where they've already got books available that are like mm-hmm. guides to the universe and guides to uh, what else, everything else in there. So, I mean, the concept of being like, Oh, well, let me buy this hardcover Bible book and um, set myself up for the release date of December 10th. Like, okay, uh, will I want to read the book first. Well I want to, you know, so, so it's like, there's so much information available and so many different things we could create. Um, it's just kind of fun to, to fantasize about that. And even things like um, Supernatural or I don't even know what a universe or a thing with Supernatural would be like.
1: Oh, you could ha- easily have like, you know, um, uh, like a bar off of, uh, based off of
0: um... Right, I feel like that oh, would crap, be more restaurant would... type
1: Yeah. Oh crap! What was what was their name? Oh, I'm already forgetting names. What is wrong with me? (laughs) I know. The Harvells. The Harvells, because you know they they ran a bar, and so like that that would kind of be natural to have something like that. Um, And then there would um, be like different restaurants based off of maybe different uh, things like that, or maybe you know you could just settle it into one place as a restaurant and have like just all kinds of like maybe some memorabilia, maybe some like recognizable things.
0: yeah. Yeah. Uh, it could be a lot of fun. That would be a, a restaurant or a pub for me.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, themed
0: Win- Winchester drinks and stuff. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. I know that there's some places that have like the- fandom themed drinks, and like you know that kind of makes me think like, oh, we could like you know like really just go ham on that kind yeah. of thing, you know. Um, it kind of speaking of like a themed restaurant. Um, I actually made up a themed restaurant when i was writing a story like based in like like our world like this world um i called it snaky jake's and it was kind of like a uh, homage to wrestlers and wrestling um and the person who bought it and who made it was she named it Snakey jake's because uh, she was just a big fan of uh, jake the snake roberts and so like you know she she kind of like had a bit of a um bit of a western theme but then like all kinds of wrestling and memorabilia and things like scattered around and so i kind of have worked or workshopped this idea like a couple of years ago (laughs) so i guess like when i was watching that thing about like the different um things available at disney i was like oh that's almost like kind of what i was thinking of a couple of days ago like why couldn't we do an episode on this
0: right right okay so anything else we missed
1: Oh, I'm sure I mean like there's so many right, out like, there
0: <laughs> I'm literally looking to the left right now at all of the different um dvds that my fiance has on the wall and I'm thinking okay we could do game of thrones we could oh yeah do, um doctor who that
1: oh yeah be, that
0: would be pretty expensive. that would be
1: fun <laughs> oh my gosh what a what if like doctor who had this like um attraction like ride thing where like it looks like you were getting into the TARDIS but you just stepped into this expansive room nice. oh and like went on this little adventure that would be so much fun <laughs> that would be
0: cool yeah um let's see what else uh Studio Ghibli
1: Oh yeah! Oh, the food—the food that you could do with that because there. I mean, yes. Studio Ghibli. I swear, like that, it makes food look so so good. I mean, you you see it on the screen, and your mouth is just watering. It's like, oh, right, I, I want that. It, like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh, that that would be a wonderful restaurant, honestly. Oh
0: man! Just like a Studio Ghibli restaurant. Yeah. That looks as good as it looks on on the in the movies. Yes. yes, For sure. Okay. So with that being said, um, we would love to hear from you as to what we missed or ideas that you have for restaurants and theme parks um, that you would like to escape to in these trying times. Yeah.
1: Like if we, if we could and we didn't have, you know, a pandemic to worry about, which I just wanted to say, I know that, you know, holidays are coming up and it's going to be really, really hard to be away from family Um, but please don't have a big gathering you know it's it's not worth it you know especially with you know family members who are older who are maybe more immune compromised or who would be more susceptible to severe um severe side effects please keep your contact to a minimum i know it's sad and i know it really sucks that you know gathering is such is such a big part of this time of year you know getting together with a whole big family having a big meal together it, it's it's just a part of what makes the holidays feel like the holidays but it's not worth it. It really is not if, you know, someone were to, you know, spread the virus to somebody who could potentially, you know, have a really, really bad and hard, uh, reaction and a hard time with it. So please, right. you know, keep it virtual if you can plan for maybe next year and just, you know, enjoy what you can while you have it right now because it's
0: it's really hard this time of year all the time for people yeah actually like don't have family that they can go see yeah I and I can't even imagine what it's like to have to make those decisions where yeah you are the one who is deciding not to have an event or to not go Um, Mm -hmm. but I also you know know so many people who have lost loved ones um, and you know because of this pandemic and it's so scary to Mm -hmm. to to still be at a point where we don't know enough to to really know. So yeah. when someone says something like, "Oh, well, I I know the risk or I'm I'm willing to take the risk." That that kind of stuff makes me so uh,
1: because uh, it's upset. not just it's the only
0: word I have because it's yeah. not, it's not just you and them, it's everyone else that you come in contact with mm-hmm. and every and the idea of like coming in contact with someone and then A week later, just being at the start of having symptoms, but having Mm -hmm. been contagious that entire week. Yeah. And then it just, it's so scary, guys. Please take care of yourselves and each other.
1: We'll be here throughout the holiday season, trying to give you, (laughs) trying to give you at least a little bit of, of a boost here and there with our episodes and with our social media posting. I promise we will, we will still be here for you as we always are.
0: So with that, I'm Lindsay.
1: And I'm Tegan. And thanks for getting nerdy with us today on Beauties and Headcanons.